0: All right, we are back with episode twenty-seven of the Clinch Perfect Podcast. I'm Ben, and as always, joined by Tom. How have you been, my friend?
1: Hello, hello, hello. Well, I'm I'm not as snuffly as you for once. You sound like you've been <laughs> my the walls.
0: My immune system has failed me in
1: these past couple of weeks. It's not
0: COVID. Just had like the worst cold ever. Just from one trip down to London, I got infected.
1: <laughs> Stay up north.
0: <laughs> Literally being being trapped up here for like the past eighteen months during COVID, my immune system's just it's not it's, you know it's not been uh, it's not been in the gym working out, mate. So. It's, uh, it's weak, and uh, it failed me. That literally the first time I went out and ventured into the big, bad world again.
1: I, to be fair, I, I feel like you're not the only one. I feel like a lot of people have been run down by this. It's not, as you say, it's not COVID. It is this virulent, nasty cold. Um. I'm quite glad that I've kind of managed to escape it. So maybe we should just avoid each other until you've, you've finished getting it out of your system.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a while. I still feel like shit now, but at least I can speak and breathe now, which I couldn't last week. So we couldn't exactly record an episode last week. But um, I've enjoyed watching some fights. That's cheered me up, as always. Um, watching Contender Series last night, a few impressive performances.
1: I managed to catch it this morning. I'd say it was a mixed bag for the Brits, I must say. But yeah, yeah there were a couple of standouts where I was just like, I can't wait to see what you do in your respective divisions. And it was interesting how Dana was I don't know. I feel like contender series, this contender series obviously didn't sign as many people as he has done previous episodes, but he kind of I think he was a bit more like open and honest about some of them. Like we'll obviously get on talking about Jake Hadley, but even like Borshev, he was like, Well, wow, I was really impressed with like I think he stood up at the end the, was at the end of the first round and he was clapping and applauding and being like, Holy shit, that was amazing with Chris Duncan. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you thought. What did you think of the the actual card itself? Because Started off a bit slow and it seemed to pick up pace.
0: Yeah, I mean the Borshev and Duncan fight was was class. I think Dana tweeted it was like the best first round he's seen on Contender series ever or something. Um like they were just trading bombs. I think Duncan got rocked pretty badly at one point, didn't he? And then um shot for a takedown. And I wouldn't say nearly finished Borshev, but he looked pretty dominant on the mat. Um, Duncan, that is. And then obviously once it uh, once second round started, it wasn't long before that little quick check left hook um finished him. So And it was a crazy knockout as well. I mean, he was out
1: cold. Yeah. You know those ones where you're like, I kind of, I I either like or I know that fighter and I feel a bit bad that I'm having to watch this, but also, oh my God, that was like a standout kind of, knockout that's what i felt like to me i felt a little bit guilty by being like well that was really cool
0: <laughs> and and borshev's dance as well like just to add insult <laughs> to injury you've literally just smoked the man so badly he's trying to wrestle mark smith and then doing that ridiculous dance do you know remind me it was like one of those fortnight celebrations <laughs> oh god if those start spreading like- through the ufc i might stop watching it's the Valentina shevchenko effect <laughs> that's it <laughs> that must be what it is and then um was big heavyweight martin Boudet. um Boudai, is it um looked really impressive got got a contract um basically i mean i know it was a knee to the to the face that finished it but it was basically knees to the thigh it was he basically dead-legged him into a tko which was pretty awesome
1: i tell you his clinch game is nasty isn't it he just doesn't stop throwing He's just so <laughs> it's like... big
0: and strong isn't he like I think they said that he, he had to cut like quite significantly to make 265. So he must have been probably, what, 275, 280 in there on the night?
1: I always forget that there's a weight limit, a heavyweight. I think it's because of boxing and there isn't one. Yeah, like, it, it, It's a weird thing. Yeah, you're right. I'll tell you, I, I, I'm i already future matchmaking because I'd love to see him versus like Tai a or something. I think it would be absolutely amazing. Or even maybe like a, a Sergei Spivak at some point, like, I think that's the thing with the heavyweights. So I just kind of want to get them in and throw them into the balls and see how they do I think he's got, what really impressed me actually was the way he kind of close distance grabbed clinch and then just started well, as you say, dead legging it's really rare that you see I mean, it kind of threw me back to like a uh, one of those, I can't remember who it is is it um, Chris Gutierrez who throws those, like, ridiculous leg kicks I'm pretty sure it is I Yeah, think Gutierrez what, is well known yeah. for his leg kicks That's what it kind of reminded me of, like just the fact that he was targeting that place. And then, as you say, just wrecked havoc. Um, And it's it's kind of rare that you see a heavyweight clinch. Do you know what I mean? Well, it was nice to see him be busy in the clinch as
0: well. Like I know our podcast is called Clinch Perfect, but I hate when people get in the clinch (laughs) and then just stay there, um, which is probably why, um, was it Silva in the first fight didn't get signed? I know she was pretty dominant on the mat, but she also spent a lot of that first fight um, just holding uh, Papraki, was that her name, um, up against up against Cade and not really doing anything. So, yeah, it was nice to see some activity. Um, the big story of the night, of course, was Jake Hadley, who uh, seems to have caused a bit of a fuss at
1: UFC HQ. <laughs> the boy, the boy. I did, I messaged you earlier and Jake Hadley's missed weight, and we were both like, shit, this isn't going to end well. But proved us all right. I was really, really impressed. But, yeah, he's... um. He's making a noise for lots of different reasons, I think. I, I, From what I understand, from what I've been told, it was more a miscommunication. And I feel like – I don't think the Americans get sarcasm too well, is from what I've been told. And I think he was being a little bit cheeky and I didn't quite understand it was a joke. Um, but I'm just really excited to see what he does. Flyweight is so thin. As long as he can make weight – and I think he will. I think he, it was just a blip. He's made weight comfortably before, all that jazz um, – I'm, I'm really, really... He's so well-rounded. And for an English guy, he's wrestling and he's grappling. It's just levels like He trains with Canby, he trains with Leon Edwards, Fabian, Fabian Edwards, at, um, Team Fearless MMA in Birmingham. He, he's got a really good team around him, a really good gym. And of course, he's managed by Powerline. So you better believe they're going to be getting like really good matchmaking for him and pushing him up those ranks really quick. Because they only sign the best, don't they? They only sign the people who are going to become title challengers, title contenders champions, you name it. So I'm kind of excited to see how he does. Um, and having interviewed him before, it's kind of nice to see him kind of finally get the push because we've been talking about it for a while. Like he left Cage Warriors. He was he's a former EFC champion as well. Wasn't fighting either his promotions. We were a bit like, what's going on with Jake Hadley? And then the contender series fight fell off the previous one. And then he got given this short notice opportunity. And well, Mitch Raposo, again, we were high on off um, the ultimate fighter. And I'll be honest. He kind of got manned. like that. That's the he. He got shown that there's levels to this game, Um, and I was really, really impressed. But what did you make of Jake? I think you were quite impressed by him in the octagon, but not so impressed out of it. (laughs) Well, from what you say, it sounds like um, Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard are
0: just being Karens, and um, you know, (laughs) being offended by by something he's just been taking the piss of. Um, But uh, yeah, no, I just I just found it his his whole sort of um, character quite funny like when he was getting interviewed by, by Laura Sanko and after the fight he was doing like the Nate Diaz like flex as well um, which I thought was a bit much when he's missed weight but um, yeah no like you said it, it showed you know levels Raposo looked good in the first round as well um, and the striking looked good but then as soon as it went to the mat it was pretty clear um, there was a mismatch and uh, that squeeze I don't think it was even under the neck he just literally squeezed his chin into
1: oblivion and made him tap dare I say Habibesque? it kind of it did remind me of that neck crank the the so. Brummy Habib, is that what we're going with? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's amazing. What could we what, what would be like a Birmingham bird? I can't really think of one. I was gonna go a pigeon.
0: <laughs> I've got no idea, mate. I don't <laughs> Do you think I sit here studying birds while I'm uh, while I'm at home sick? White um, Kong,
1: that's his nickname, isn't it? I think you should I think you should go with King Kong. He's a two two time champion in two different organizations. I, I did put it to him, I didn't go with King Kong, but nope. White Kong is what he's sticking with for now. But maybe it will change if he becomes the UFC champion. Who knows?
0: And then obviously much of the uh, attention this weekend wasn't really on the uh, on the MMA side of things, was it? It was on the boxing, so.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're going to do what every other MMA slash like shitty blog post website has done and just jump on the Fury Wild. Yes, we are. That's exactly what we're going to do. Oh my God, what a fight. I thought, actually, that's a separate point. I'll tell you what triggers me the most. When I see like MMA junkie, MMA fighting posting stuff about like Fury Wilder and boxing because I'm like you're an MMA site you're not a boxing site there's two different things like don't cover anyway we're breaking that we're- I- I'm jumping on that bandwagon because I can't not talk about it it was amazing uh, i have been a massive how- hypocrite here yeah I am, I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm putting my hands up it was I don't think I've ever watched a fight and been so entertained like it, it was just it had everything knockdowns left right and centre huge right hands Fury somehow walking straight onto a right hand from Wilder and sort of what I can only describe as shaking it off like an earthquake. It was just... Oh, it gave us everything. And it kind of it re-established what we already knew. Fury's the best by Country Mile. Everyone else is second best. Um, But Wilder, give him, his credit. He did what he... Well, he gave a good account of himself. I feel like Wilder's getting a lot of stick. And it's like, there's no harm in... There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with being second best to one of the best of the... Greatest of the era and one of the best to ever do it. Like, it just... And I feel like he actually made a lot of improvements from the second fight, like under his new trainer Malik Scott, who again got loads of criticism because he's not really an established trainer. I thought like going to the body early. He clearly worked on his boxing, but I think his cardio let him down more than anything. I think when he got to the end of the third round, he was so gassed, um, and obviously been knocked down in the third. But. What did you make of it? You were obviously watching the highlights and, and everything. Yeah, after I, I was uh,
0: highlights the next morning. I was too lazy to stay up and watch it. um. So couldn't be bothered to do that. But yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Um, You know, Wilder played his part. And the, the thing that pisses me off with boxing, and, you know, I'm not a massive boxing fan like you are. Um, I focus all my energy on MMA. Um, Is that we now will get a massive faff around and won't get what would make perfect sense, which is Usyk and Fury fighting each other. Like you've just had basically... And I think I'm copying what um, Adam Catterall said on Fight Disciples here. But I, you've basically just had two semi-finals, and now we're not going to get the final. We're going to get two more semi-finals. Like, do you know what I mean? We're going to get the re- and it, it just feels like a bit of a waste of time, really. Now the faff around where it's just so obvious that you go, okay, well he he's the best there, he's the best there. We'll just m- match him up and make him fight each other. Um, and then you can have uh, you can have wilder rage in a little third, fourth place playoff. But um, yeah, no, fight was class. And uh, I agree, Wilder deserves some credit as well for it. But, um, you know, Fury's just Fury, isn't
1: he? I actually I agree with what you're saying that. I think you're right. The big problem with boxing, I think the biggest problem with boxing is all these stupid belts. In my mind, the two best heavyweights are Usyk and Fury. And in my eyes, I can't really distinguish between them because I don't think we've seen enough from Usyk. And I think that's, I think it's actually something I was saying to John Fury the other day. I think that's kind of part of the plan. I don't think Usyk wants to give too much away in terms of what he can actually do. Like what we saw against Derek Chazor, was completely different to what we saw against Anthony Joshua, where he basically bullied Anthony Joshua around the ring, despite being the smaller guy. I'm pretty sure he can whack it, a heavyweight. And for my mind, it's two chess masters against each other, Usyk versus Fury, and I can't distinguish between the two. I'd probably go with Fury for the bigger, being the bigger guy. But I will tell you, Usyk is a master boxer. Don't write him off. Like I, I, I agree. That's the fight we need to see next. I'm not interested in. Tyson Fury, Dillian White, because I don't think Dillian White is on the same level. Which sounds really harsh, and I know he's been waiting so many days, but it's a different ball game when you're playing with the Gypsy King. And Fury wasn't even on, Fury wasn't even on his A game in that trilogy fight. You could see that in terms of his weight; like he clearly hadn't had some issues with his, his, his like cutting weight and getting into the right shape and all sorts. But boxing skills, other than Usyk, maybe. I don't see anyone in that division beating him. It just showed that, well, he's got it all. He's got the, the he's got the, bizarrely, the guy who was one derided as pillow fist fury and all sorts has shown that he can knock out the most, well, arguably one of the biggest punching heavyweights in the history of the division. And he literally put manners on him and put him flat on his back. Like, well, actually, no, Wilder did a bit of tumble and sort of spreading himself, which was, also quite hilarious to watch at the same time, <laughs> but yeah, what what a fight! I, I I couldn't stop singing Well, I think I had like three hours sleep on that day, and that was only from like six a.m. after the fight finished to about nine o'clock in the morning. And then I watched it again and again, and I probably watched it about five or six times. <laughs> I just love it. It's, it's one of those fights that I could watch again, and again, and again. Hopefully, hopefully the boxing gods will do the right thing, and as you say, we'll get Usyk Fury because. I do not give a rat's ass about an AJ rematch because I think it would go in the exact same direction. Well, I wouldn't count on the boxing gods doing the right thing
0: because they rarely do. But shall we move on to some MMA news? We've... Um we got a couple of cards that we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Dern Rodriguez card from this weekend, even though there wasn't that many great fights on it. Um, but uh, some news for some of the uh, the big events coming up later this year in early January. Um, Luke Rockhold out against Sean Strickland with a back injury, which is a shame because I was really looking forward to that one. Um, but rather interestingly, everyone all of a sudden wants to fight Sean Strickland. I've seen Gilbert Burns has said he'll do it. Um, Bilal Muhammad has said he'll do it. Uh, Brendan Allen has jumped in. And to be honest, that's the, that's the one I would want to see is Allen because... I I criticized Alan after uh, after he lost to Strickland and then he called Strickland out straight after losing to him and I was like, dude, what? like he literally just destroyed you. What the fuck are you doing? Um, but the, the improvements Alan showed against Soriano and the fact that he's still so young, um, I think that would that would be a, a decent one to make. And the fact that there's the storyline there that they've already taught so much shit to each other um, that it would be easy to make that way. Um, who do you think he should fight?
1: La Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's yeah, shit yeah, talking there as well. Like if
0: Sean Strickland's involved, there's gonna there's gonna
1: be shit talking in a storyline. So I just want to see Strickland fight. Anyone who's just gonna kind of give it a bit back at him. I feel like he kind of thrives off that. Like you know when Jack Marshman was kind of trying to do it. Yeah. Strickland just wasn't having none of it. Like, come on, Jack, keep your hands up, Jack. Like all that kind of I feel like Strickland to me is like a more nasty Holloway. Like Hollywood like it kind of reminds me of like Holloway and Ortega, you know, when he was like trying to show him how to defend. <laughs> But Strickland's just doing it in such like a condescending, like holy tone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of, I think to be honest, the fight that I really want to see is Strickland versus Brendan Allen too, just because I kind of want to see if Allen's made the right adjustments. But then the way that Strickland's been going, like it kind of feels a bit harsh to him to have to fight.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, and that's what I said the first time Allen called him out. I was like, you know. He, he literally just knocks you out cold basically in the last time, like in your second to last fight, how are you going to call him out? And uh, and I think that's what Strickland said as well. Like, you know, win some fights and get back to me. Um, but to be fair, Allen has won two fights pretty impressively since then. So um, yeah, I agree. It is, it would be harsh for Strickland and Bilal probably makes more sense rankings wise. I think I, I can't remember exactly where that, where the, you know, the three of them are, but. Oh, I just um,
1: realized Bilal is welterweight and Strickland is fighting a middleweight. Like, why is he calling out? Well, I, I think uh,
0: there's some political beef there because um, Bilal apparently does not take kindly to Sean Strickland's comments on the whole Palestine-Israel thing, which we won't get into because oh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a pretty colossal can of worms to open up there. So, I'm pretty uh, sure the, the yeah. UFC
1: won't want any of that publicity.
0: Um, yeah, that's true, actually. They probably won't make that match up purely because of what
1: might get said. I'd probably go with Jack Hermanson. I'm just looking at... I'm looking at the world, uh, the middleweight rankings now. Yeah. Hermanson's ranked straight above him. And Vittori's obviously booked against Costa. And it would, fe- it would be... Re- and uh, Brunson can kind of is So the only fight that does make sense is Hermanson. I mean, unless they can do a Till. But why would Till take that fight? He's coming off a loss to Brunson. I think that's the reason why they're trying to do Strickland versus Rockhold, right? Because Strickland kind of needs a name to... A mainstream name to push him even higher... And put him in the public eye. Like, if you beat Rockhold, you're kind of known for the guy beating Form Champ. Rockhold, obviously famous for Ralph Lauren and dating Demi Lovato or whatever she calls herself these days. Um, like that's the kind of thing that makes sense to me to fight a name, to fight someone who I mean, uh, maybe a Brad Tavar. I don't know actually, because again, I think Manzon like, makes a... sense to
0: me. I think you, that's a good shout there because I mean, he's main evented before, um, against uh, against Canoneer, so it's not like he's a He's a nobody. I mean, I mean, I know he's not a massive name to uh, to the casuals out there, but he's you know certainly a matchup that um, rankings wise makes sense and, and would get some excitement on the card again um, if they wanted to keep Strickland on that card. Um, moving moving down to uh, to the welterweights, we've finally got Leon versus Masvidal, December eleventh. What we've been waiting
1: what, for. What are we gonna call this? What like what are we gonna call it? The grudge match. The uh... Three piece and a soda. I, I was gonna say everyone
0: just everyone's just gonna be making the three-piece and a soda joke. So um I think we'll call it Masvidal's funeral, mate. I was just about to say
1: uh, a f- a fond farewell to the BMF champion that is no longer a thing. That's I, I feel like that's what we can call it. As you say, Masvidal's. I for me, this is Leon Edwards coming out of party. And know, yes, I know what we said about an ideas. He kind of switched
0: well. Off. The Nate Diaz one, it was if people had a brain, but yeah, apparently exactly. 24 and a half minutes of dominance isn't enough. So,
1: and um, I tell you, I think I think Leon finishes Masvidal. I don't think Masvidal's stand up is as good as everyone gives him credit for, and I think Leon's is. And I also think Leon could take him down and sub him, yeah. But, and I mean, it's, it's not that
0: you know, it's not that big of a turnaround from, from getting smoked by Usman. Um, so how well has change recovered from getting, you know, knocked out, sleepy, um, you know, completely to sleep, then, uh, then I don't know. A uh,
1: Leon for taking this fight as well, by the way, because he could have sat, sat he around and waited for a right. shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And,
0: and like, then also can't on can't that see... card, we've got uh, Jeff Neal and Santiago Ponzanibio, which uh, is Weird another good one. Fight.
1: Weird fight, though, because it's like make or break for both, right? Like if you lose it, you're kind of never going to get anywhere up the rankings. Like, what, what, Jeff well, Neil's on on ten... what like a couple couple fight losing streak yeah he lost to Wonderboy and who else did he lose to uh, Neil Magni yeah so and then you got and Ponzinibbio has obviously just come back from that it's weird though because like Ponzinibbio is 12th right and then Li Jingliang the leech is above him who obviously knocked him out and then you got Jeff Neil it's kind of like I don't really understand but then like, maybe it's because of the fight that, that Ponzinibbio just had with um, Baeza Oh, it's interesting. wait I'm looking at the I'm literally looking at the weight Division, right? 15th is Daniel Rodriguez. 13th is Sean Brady. When is Sean Brady going to get like oh wait no how long? Isn't Sean Brady fighting Chiesa? Or am I crazy? Uh I, I don't awful? think they've
0: rebooked a fight for Brady after his last one fell through, have they? I could have sworn he's fighting. Is he not fighting Kiesa?
1: I could have sworn. Oh, I think fighting. he might be
0: because I remember the comparison between their tattoos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, he is fighting Chiesa. I was right, November. This so was November 20th. Oh, well, that's a fight. But yeah, this is what I mean. Like, I kind, of, I, I kind of get it, but it also feels like whoever loses that fight is never going to get anywhere near the top five. So I kind of feel a bit bad. <laughs> it's one of those ones where I'm like, oh. and Jeff Neal's so fun to watch, but that lost, that loss to, to Thompson and to Magny, he's kind of, all those losses, sorry, it's kind of killed his momentum. But Nibio, if he can kind of get a bit of momentum behind him. He's a really, really popular guy from Argentina, obviously. Like, really exciting style as well. Yeah, always brings the heat, doesn't he? That's our welterweights, man. This is what i speak to Danny, Danny Roberts about, which we'll talk about later. Like, welterweight division is just crazy. We haven't even spoken about Ian Gary and obviously he's not ranked or anything, but like just think about how deep the welterweight division is. It's just bonkers. What else have we got? Who else? Oh, who else is on isn't, there's more fights than 269, isn't there? There's like a few more that's been added. I'm I don't kidding. think
0: there's been any that's been announced like in the last like week or two, but yeah, it's a pretty stacked card. Um, and we obviously have 268. Um, oh sorry, 267 and 268 are within a week of each other. And then like a month later, we get 269, which is pretty, pretty sick as well. Um, one that I did want to talk about was, uh, Montana De La Rosa's out of her fight with Macy Barber. That's on that card, I think. Um, and Erin Blanchfield is stepping in against Macy Barber, which I like as a, as a matchup because when Blanchfield won her debut, what was it a few weeks ago, people were saying, oh, she's going to be what we thought Macy Barber was going to be. And now she's fighting Macy Barber. So, um, it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the UFC's kind of, you know, throwing Macy to the walls here and saying, you know, we don't want to play with you anymore because here's our shiny new toy that's going to beat the fuck out of you.
1: <laughs> you summed it up so eloquently, my friend. I completely agree. I feel like this is... Aaron Bl- I feel like Aaron Blanchfield kind of get a finish here. I think she's so well-rounded. And I feel I'm still like pissed Mace- at her
0: for not getting a finish in her debut, so let's not go there, but... <laughs> yeah, true.
1: But I'm not, I just think... I, like, I think she could sub-Barber quite easily and I also think that like stand up. I don't think I don't like Barbara's best route to like a victory here is not standing. Like just just try and take her down. Don't even try and stand with Aaron Blanchfield because you'll get picked apart. Like it's it's not even worth your time. But it is interesting, isn't it? How they kind of I wouldn't even say Macy Barber's a prospect anymore. But you are right. It's very much like a here is our shiny new toy that we kind of want to show off to the world and we want to make a name off the back of you. Which admittedly they tried to do with um, Miranda Maverick, didn't they? And yeah. maybe maybe Miranda should have won it, but yeah, it's interesting. And it's so, stylistically, it's a fun matchup because uh, people slag her off, but Macy Barber's a good fighter, like, and she has
0: serious power as well, which um, yeah is a bit of a, an equalizer in uh, in that division. Um, Speaking
1: of serious power,
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say the uh, the one fight that got moved off that December eleventh two sixty nine card was was Figueroa Moreno. Um, and that is now going to be with Gan and Francis and Ganu in January.
1: And I'm hearing that they are tentatively trying for Paris, but it's looking unlikely. So it'll probably be the T-Mobile or maybe even the Allegiant. Which, if it's be... in Paris, I'm going to go. Oh, same. I, don't know. I, I feel like it won't be though because of COVID. But oh, that, for me, that fight has to happen in
0: Paris, does it not? Oh, well, Paris can't be more start? of a mess COVID-wise than the States, can it? I don't know. That's, a, that's another kind right. of worms I don't want to get into, but yeah, um, yeah. You know, <laughs> who do you have winning that one? Because I originally, when Gan won the Interim belt, I was all aboard the Gan hype train. But the closer we get to it, the more I'm starting to feel like you know what, i I'm, I feel like we're forgetting about how good Francis looked against Stepe. We're kind of showing a bit of recency bias. So I think I'm now leaning towards Francis.
1: I'm still going with Gan. I just think he's so technical. I think he's. I think this will be like Fury... I had this discussion with Michael Bisping the other day. We're both in agreement. We think it would be like Fury Wilder 3 or Fury, uh, Fury Wilder 2, sorry, where the technical skill set of gone kind of yeah. negates the power of Ngannou. And that's also to forget that Garn also carries power. He just doesn't use it in the same way. Yeah. He kind of accumulates punches, whereas Francis just kind of goes all gunning. And also, I think the fact that... that I think the fact that Gone came through the ranks, it's not the same time as Francis, but kind of was sparring with him. Like you pick up, you pick up cells, you pick up tells, you pick up like mannerisms. And I understand the Francis moved camp, but I don't think you lose that. Obviously on the flip side, though, as well, because Ngarnu all know things that Garn does that, or reads that he can faints that he can pick up on. But I just think technically it's really hard. Like, I feel like Ngannou is kind of made for Gone because Yes, he looked great against Stipe, but if if you kind of if you watch the first round, well, with Francis, you know that basically the first three rounds is going to throw the kitchen sink at you, and he rarely makes it out the third round or like gases completely. And I don't think Mm -hmm. I I don't think he's got. I think will know that. I think will know that basically he's just going to have to negate the first two rounds, and once he's done that his cardio kick in because I think Garn is basically in terms of cardio levels and like apex period and all that I think he's like miles ahead of him, Garn in terms of fitness like I think Garn is like the physical specimen that every athlete should look to be if they're trying to be a fighter right like in terms of conditioning and in terms of strength and weight training and all sorts obviously Francis has got scary power but so like I don't know it was a bad comparison because of what Garn did to Rosenstreich but like if you look at what Garn did to Derek Lewis and I know MMA math doesn't work but he completely dismantled a ferocious power puncher who aside from that doesn't really have a great ground game and doesn't really have great wrestling like it it kind of and I'm not saying so you're looking at that as kind
0: of like a precursor to the to the yeah I'm I'm not
1: saying it's fair to compare Lewis and and Garn because obviously they're like they're both different in their own right but I don't think Ngannou's skill set is as well-rounded as people would have you believe. I think Stipe was just kind of a bit taken aback at how ferocious he was Yeah, he didn't do what he did in the first fight, which was basically tire him out. Because in the first fight, if you watch the first fight with Stipe and Ngannou, he kind of not necessarily runs away, but he's on the counter. He's like fainting and slipping and tiring him out. And then those big muscles start to fatigue and he start to take him down on all sorts. And I feel like that's kind of what Garn will do. Garn will just pick him apart, off the back foot, tire him out, wear him down, and maybe put him away in the fourth or the fifth. I think that's, maybe it's a bit too much to judge because maybe I'll get to the week beforehand and be like, no, and Garn is going to completely smoke him. But that's just, see. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's what I've been what doing over the last
0: few weeks. The more the more it gets closer, like now that it's been announced, I'm like, oh, why are we all leaning so heavily in favor of Garn? Did we forget what Francis has done? Um, and then obviously, F- Figueredo and Moreno's on that card as well, which is, um, you know, another interesting one in terms of the predictions that will be flying around, I'm sure. Um, and I always lean to Figueredo, but I think that's mainly just because I'm biased to how absolutely shredded the guy is. I look at him and I'm like, Jesus, this guy is an absolute killer. There is no way he's losing a fight to anybody. Um, but I mean, Moreno just dismantled him so smoothly and impressively in the last fight that. Um, I think Moreno is, is a rightful favourite in that one. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a banging card, especially if, much, uh, if Whitaker and Adesanya is on it as well.
1: How much do you attribute that to the weight-cutting issues that Fiji had?
0: I think that's you know, always like... going to be an issue, though. I don't think with figueredo at 125, I know he's only missed a couple of times, but I don't think you can say... Oh well it was just an issue with his weight cut that time because I think he's going to have an issue with the weight cut every time because of the size of the cunt. so um <laughs> like um yeah I think that it, that is probably a lot to do with it but it's going to probably be a lot to do with it again so um yeah I think my my bias for how shredded Figueredo was is, is is might take a back step here and I might side with Moreno um right should we talk about fights this weekend
1: or do we have to <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, come on. Marina Rodriguez was pretty fucking good.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Let's start. Should we start with the good parts of the card and just Let's forget the about the rest? The card and then we'll just,
0: and then we'll just crap on the rest and, um, okay. and be absolute dicks.
1: So uh, Marina Rodriguez did what she had to do and was very impressive and basically dominated Mackenzie Dern on the feet, which is kind of what we expected her to do in our in our preview beforehand. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I'll be honest, because I kind of thought it would be a bit more boring than it was. It kind of turned into like a, quite a bit of a a, a bit bloody. of a slug fest. Yeah, yeah. As you say, a bit of a slug fest, a bit of a scrap. And I think um, what,
0: what Marina showed more than anything else is that if they can convince um, Joanna to take that fight, which I'm not sure they can. Um, because I think Dana said Dana said the, this week that like Joanna's rich so like there's not really anything we can convince her with to take a fight she doesn't want to take um, but if they can convince her to take that fight Marina versus Joanna would be absolutely banging
1: I don't think she wants any piece of the Polish war queen I'll be honest
0: oh no I'd definitely be signing with Joanna but it would be a, a worthwhile <laughs> oh, it would be an amazing fight
1: It'd be amazing. I, I think, to be honest, what Rodriguez should do is just wait for Carla Esparza to get her shot and then mm-hmm. maybe fight. What I would do is actually if Esparza <laughs> gets her shot, I'd fight the loser of Zhang and Namu mm-hmm. Yunus because then you're basically guaranteed to start shot. Yeah. That's what I'd probably do. And worst case scenario, just sit on the bench and wait for a bit because I thought she looked really good. I think a lot of people, what is it with MMA fans and really attractive females and just like Riding the gravy train and thinking that they're going to be like the next Ronda Rousey or it's
0: the Venom shorts,
1: mate. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, and this isn't a slight on Mackenzie Dunn, but I feel like they kind of, I feel like her her popularity kind of works for her and against her because people put so much pressure on her to be like, as I just said, like the next Rousey or like the next Tate or the next, I don't know, even like the next Jay Check or whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? It just kind of. It, it, I feel like there's just so much pressure on our shoulders that, because she didn't fight her natural game. Her natural game is not standing up and striking. No, oh, like she looked game. lost.
0: She looked like she didn't even yeah. know how
1: to get it to the mat. Exactly. And and, and we spoke about it before we start recording. The, the scramble where she tried to clinch and just missed completely and couldn't even take her down on multiple occasions. Like yeah. Wrestling non-existent. Uh, I feel like we kind of, not that we have to alter our expectations because I do think Mackenzie Down has the, the mindset and she's shown that she doesn't care about losing. Like she's shown that she's willing to go back to the drawing board and put the work in and like get back into psychological contention. And I, I feel like she can become a champion in four years. She's not quite there yet. I think that's the thing. We need to halter the the train. We need to pull it back slightly, put the brakes on. Take things like go back to the previous stations. Just kind of rewind a bit. It's halter think... a word. Yeah, I think so. I think it means or oh, oh, maybe I meant halt. You know, like halters, like <laughs> reins. I'm pretty I think sure you I'm combined
0: alter. alter and halt there into one word. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, definitely, I definitely,
1: word, I definitely but... didn't mean alter, but <laughs> anyway, what I mean is we need to, um, yeah, as I say, put on the brakes a little bit, rewind, kind of reevaluate what we expect from Mackenzie Down and let her develop a bit more before we start thrusting into her, into these high level fights because I don't think she's well rounded enough to deal with these kind of like caliber opponents. Her jiu-jitsu has helped her out massively, but she's been found out against fighters who just can negate that by just picking her apart on the feet and until she fixes that i don't think she's going to quite get there but i certainly think she's got the mindset to become a champion at some point but what are your thoughts
0: no i agree um yeah she's an absolute genius on the mat um i'd say like top three top five men or women in the ufc in terms of pure jiu um if you're basing it purely off accomplishments she might even be number one but um yeah, like if, if she can't get it to the mat, um, then you know it doesn't really matter. I know, uh, like I said, Perillo was probably tearing what little hair he has left out watching that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, attempts at a takedown were terrible. And if you think about it, in the the Nina Nunes fight and the um, oh, who did she fight before that? Who like threw a kick and fell on her back? Uh, here I can't for the life of me remember. I'll have to quickly bring, bring that up. It was a oh, random Marcos. Um, if you remember in there, like the random Marcos fell on a, threw a kick and fell on her back and that led to a submission. Um, a similar kind of thing happened with Nina Nunes. So she's never really shown in the past that she can, you know, have great date downs and get it to the mat effectively. Um, it's just always been that when it's gone there, like I said, obviously she's an absolute genius. So, um, yeah, she's still young and, um, Actually, said pump the brakes and pump the brakes transitions us perfectly into uh, asking what the fuck James Krause was doing this weekend, telling Tim Elliott, to, Tim Elliott to pump the brakes, despite the fact that he clearly lost the second round against Matthias um, Nicolau, who, uh, who then went out and won the third round as well. So, um, you know, I've, I've criticized Krause for being too, um, having his fighters be too conservative in the past. And uh, he literally did the exact same thing. Again this week and uh, a good win for Nikolaou, but obviously that division is pretty thin. So, um, you know, there's not really beating Timelia isn't, you know, isn't the be all and end all, but, um, you know, a good win for Nikolaou and it'll move him up the ranks again. Um, the one I did really want to talk about off this card was Maria Agapova, because this is a classic example of, of recency bias and overreaction to one fight result. Um you know, she had that massive upset loss to uh, to Shayna Dobson, and then she came out as an underdog here against Sabina Mazo, who is not good and doesn't have any impressive wins in the UFC. And um, I think it's fair to say that she completely outclassed her.
1: Yeah, it, um, it's interesting, isn't it? it kind of. I, I agree with you. We actually said this after the. I think we said this after the, the Dobson loss. That like, don't judge her off that. Because it, it, I think if you should read between the lines. She was struggling with quite a lot outside the octagon. I don't think the weight cut was necessarily bang on. And-
0: it was such an obvious adrenaline dump as well. If you remember, she came out like a house on fire and then all of a sudden just basically died.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough one. And I think she kind of let out all that angst and emotion on her unfortunate opponent who kind of looked... Well, like, she didn't want to be there. Like a deer <laughs> be in honest. headlights. Yeah. Um, but the finish was beautiful. Like Oh, yeah.
0: Like, that's... I love a fighter who is... wants a finish 100% and has no... And she could have easily played for a decision there because she was up comfortably. She would have won, um, you know, clear 30-27. But as soon as she dropped her, she jumped on that neck in milliseconds. And
1: I love to see fighters do that. Yeah, it was just... Beautiful. It was just as as you say the fact that it was so slick, and she just I don't know what, like a piranha. That's what it felt like to me. Like a We'll her. go with that. We'll yeah. go with that.
0: Um, and then she had an awesome call out afterwards of uh, of Marina Moros. Is it? Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce her Have name. Have you but, read the backstory? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've been I've been reading into that. It's uh, it's a great storyline. They definitely got to make this fight. Um, but I just loved the call out. She was like, um, "This bitch has been telling lies about me, and I want to kill her." Um, which I mean you got to make that fight. It's like that's the easiest matchup to make ever.
1: Do we know what Agripova... Does Agripova still train at ATTN or not? Uh I No, I don't remember. think so. God, that's spicy, isn't it? The, the, I forget she's only 24 as well. I'm mad at that. She's literally our age or my age. That's mental. And her only losses are to Tracy Cortez and Shayna Dobson.
0: Yeah, and like I said, the the, the, the Dobson loss, I mean... You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because at the end of the day it's a loss on a record um, but like I said it was, it was a massive adrenaline dump and you know shit happens.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I mean, even look at the best like Amanda Luna's for instance look at the amount of loss she lost, like, she lost cat to Kat Zingano she got knocked out by Cat Zingano and everyone forgets about it because she's the GOAT. I feel like yeah, it was so shit easy happens get... it's MMA. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's not like boxing where it's kind of a bit more technical like anything can happen in MMA you can get subbed you can get Knocked out, uh, as you say, it just happens. Um, what else do we got? What else? Oh, Romanov! Right again, another one who we kind of slacked off for tapping out or taking. Well, any, let's, let's be honest.
0: Um, he eBay. I thought he basically quit against Juan Espino. Um, but didn't they say on broadcast this weekend that he was in hospital for like weeks with yeah. a testicle injury or something? So yeah. I felt a bit bad about those
1: comments. But um, yeah, Felder, really like that,
0: So I'm sticking with it. Fuck him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Felder went into way too much detail. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> um, I was really impressed. Yeah, he looked like Van- amazing. I- Vandera, I can't remember if he just won one or was coming off a win, maybe. Yeah, he just um, got an impressive win. Um, was it Taffery Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and like Romanoff Roman is one of those heavyweights again who I think is kind of like on the cusp of doing like he's one of those he's, he's in the prospects band, right? I mean I think he's yeah maybe twenty-eight, but he's still he's still in that prospects band. I'd love to see him fight Aspinall at some point, I'd love to see him fight a Chris Dalkus at some point. Like it's fun. But his style is gonna cause people so many problems because I'll tell you what, he didn't look gassed at all. Like that second round. No, that was
0: that was one thing that really impressed me actually, because against Suspino, the reason I said that he quit. Was because he was so gassed, like six, seven minutes into that fight, and it felt like he took the out when it when it was presented to him. Um, this I don't even really think he looked tired when the fight was over.
1: <laughs> did you see? Uh, didn't, did, did, I think he tried to like take down his coach or something at the end. His coach kind of like backed away because that's what he's famous for, isn't it? Like slamming mm. his coaches on the mats. But um, yeah, as you say, I was just really impressed with the way he put everything together as well. Like he it, like ground and pound, and everything was savage. And it's got. I think like you just don't want to go on the mat with him because he's so he, he just smothers you. He's like he's like a wet blanket. He just doesn't get off. Um, okay. Like Vandera to his credit, was trying to get him off, like push him off with his knees and legs, and he just kept on transitioning. Like he was in half guard, he went full mount really easily. I was like, wow, I was for a big guy, he moves around on the floor so easily.
0: Yeah, and then finally we have to give a shout out to uh, Lupita Lupi Godinez. Um, who got a, a, ve- a very impressive win, um, very wrestle-heavy, and then got the choke eventually, um, her first UFC win, first UFC finish. And um, she's stepping in this week now for the shortest turnaround or quickest turnaround in UFC history, um, I think beating Hamzat Shemayev by a couple of days. Um, she's stepping in this week, let me find it, to fight uh, Luana Carolina. Um, so, um, yeah, shout-out to Lu- Lupe Godinez for being an absolute badass and uh, a really impressive performance. Against, uh, against Gomez Juarez as well. Um, so we pick a Garbrandt game plan winner. Um, somebody who showed poor fight IQ, poor game planning, just generally being a moron.
1: I don't know about you, but I'm going to have to lean Mackenzie Dern, which sounds really, really harsh because I like Mackenzie and I think she's a great fighter, but it's less of a Garbrandt game plan and more just the fact that she couldn't put the game plan into practice, which I guess kind of is Garbrandt game plan, but like she couldn't clinch. She couldn't take it down. And she couldn't stand on the feet. Like she just kind of kept on right, bull rushing in, like a, bull, a headless bull in a with china the shop. With wildest strikes yeah. you've
0: ever seen, yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna go with James Krause, but um, well, we'll go with Dern. Um, you know, main event <laughs> bias. We'll give it to Dern. Um, is our Garbrandt game plan winner of the week? Uh, shall we talk about the uh, the card this week? Because surprisingly, I'm quite excited for this one. I think there's a few sneaky bangers on this card.
1: I'm glad I'm not, you know, I've seen so much like stick on Twitter and everything of people going, "Oh, this card sucks." But I'm glad you're of the same opinion because I think it's a sleeper. I think that's well, proper. I think the reason
0: it. people are fuming at it, well, not fuming at it, but like you know, shitting on it, is because I think I saw um, maybe Brett Okamoto or someone from ESPN said that it's the first. It might be the first card in UFC history where there's not a ranked fighter in their weight class um aspen Ladd is on the card obviously but she's fighting at featherweight and she's ranked at bantamweight so there's not a fighter on this card who is ranked in their weight class currently um but that said um nate landwehr versus ludovic klein um danny roberts and ramazan aviv andrew sanchez and bruno silva julia marquez jordan wright bueno silva and manon furo um there's like five or six really good fights on this card
1: I'll, even i'll ask you felipe like, I'm really excited for that one because I think I'm really going to flip at the moment. And who um, doesn't love Andrei Alvofsky? Yeah, and even like Danny Roberts versus Ramazan Aviv, as you say, like that, that's a a banger. Danny Roberts is never in a dull fight. Like, just don't blink because you never know what's going to happen. He either gets a finish or he gets knocked out in some spectacular fashion. There is no in-between. It's just must-see, highlight real stuff. Um, I'm really actually intrigued by uh, Nunes versus Conor Lossi, the curtain raiser. Because I kind of been watching a bit of time both, and I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is Nunez's debut. I might be wrong on that. Uh, I believe it is, um, yeah. And Carnalossi just got that win against um Yeah, it was like a
0: couple pay-per-views ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. and Which was a
0: crazy fight, if I remember correctly. It was like a absolute mad sprint for the first five minutes, and then carnalossi kind of took over.
1: And the way that Nunez fights, I feel like it kind of be the same. Um... She kind of, she's a bit feisty. <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it. A really, really entertaining style. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, even like like Backrow versus, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Backrow coming off for another crazy finish? Uh,
0: he's he's coming off two first round KOs in a row. Um, and then yes. you have got Brandon Davis and on the, in the opposite corner who was in the UFC and had I think like maybe or went like. Two and four or something like that. Um, not the greatest, and got cut, and then has since won four fights in the regional scene in a row. Um, I think two finishes in those four wins and come back. So there's a great storyline there as well. Um, and and to be to be fair, I was looking at Brandon Davis's record the other day. Some of his losses have aged pretty well. Um, I think he lost to Giga Chikadze and there was another one in there. Um, if I can just remind myself what that was now, um, that you know you'd have to you have to look at it and say he was kind of harshly treated by the matchmakers.
1: And so he's basically kind of reinvented himself. I mean, I must admit, I haven't really done much research on on Davis, more on background. Yeah, but... so
0: he he lost to uh, Enrique Barzola. Um he lost to Zabit Magomed Sharipov, which you know shit happens. No shame on that. Um, yeah. And then he beat Randy Costa, who's obviously a bit of a rising star at the moment. Um, lost to Kyung Ho Kang and then lost to Giu Chikadze, and then was cut. Um, he then went away to Gulf Coast MMA and won four fights in a row uh, with two finishes in there as well. So, um, you know, a nice, a nice little redemption story there. And as you say, Batgirl has uh, has concrete hands and is an absolute killer. So, um, you know, even just those, those couple opening fights, uh, you know, they're still interesting.
1: It, it is one of those cards, isn't it? Where you just kind of, you think it's going to be crap, but then you tune in. There's just going to be finishes left, right and center. I feel like, I mean, unless it all goes to the decision, but I just can't. Some of these, Andrew Sanchez, he's never in a fight where it's like, "Oh, that's boring to watch." Do you know what I mean? Like his fight against Muradov springs to mind. Um, well, the Sanchez and see-
0: uh, and Bruno Silva one's actually quite interesting to me because it feels like a basically the same thing that Bruno Silva just had. Um, he fought Wellington Terman, if you remember, and 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 knocked him out with like some weird finish um, on the ground, but. Termin is a chinny wrestler and Sanchez is a chinny wrestler, so I feel like that we might get a similar thing with Silver here. Don't you think it's weird that Sanchez is a um,
1: tough winner? I always forget he is. To be fair, doesn't this, Do you know what I mean? Doesn't it seem like crazy that he is actually like he, that? I'm I'm not like slating Sanchez here, but I wouldn't have thought he'd be like the caliber of fighter that would win tough. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, a, it's kind of uh, in terms of tough champions. I feel like he's probably like the lowest on the list of winners. Does that sound harsh? Um, sounds harsh,
0: but yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, no, the, the main card is, I mean, it's full of bangers. We open up with Julian Marquez and Jordan Wright, which to be honest, How I think this should be the co main. Um, the How Beverly Hills that? Ninja and uh, and Julian Marquez, this should be the co main. I'm just throwing that out there, but um. I have to say, I can only see this going one way and that's Jordan Wright getting finished because he is quite chinny and Marquez is by far a million times better than the opponents that Wright has beat. But um, either way, it's going to be an absolute barn burner of a fight.
1: Another just don't blink, isn't it? Because, yeah, Jordan Wright to me is kind of (laughs) like, I mean, it's quite fitting that he lost to... um... Oh, what's his name? Viral Spinney. Yeah, Buckley. I love how I went viral spinning immediately knew who I was talking about. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, same page, it's quite we're on the same page.
1: It's quite fitting that you lost to Buckley because I feel like they're kind of in the same ballpark. Both capable of like an insane KO finish. Also quite gassy, quite chinny and both capable of being finished. Um, Marcus is a weird one because I don't, I don't think he's in, like, I don't think he's an elite level fighter, but he's like weirdly popular with like the nerdy crowd in MMA. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's it, MMA nerds. Love him. That's right. He's like it. yeah, he's like a, he's like a guilty favorite. Do you know what I mean? Like It feels a bit dirty to go like, oh, Julian Marquez is like my favorite. Do you know what I mean? He's like one of those. <laughs> guilty pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I
0: agree. And um, he is always in entertaining fights. And like you, know, like you say, right is either, you know, finish or get finished really. And his record, you know, shows backs that up. So, um, it, if the odds weren't terrible here, I would I would be tipping Marquez to win by finish as an official pick, but um it's like way less than even money, I think. So it's not even worth um the the risk that Wright might catch him with with something. Um after that we got Man on and uh, and Mario Bueno Silva. And uh, and this is another interesting one because it's by far the the hardest matchup that Furo's had so far in a UFC career, um, which thus far she has looked like an absolute terminator um but silver has serious serious power so um i'm I'm curious to see if silver can can land anything big on her i do worry that she's just going to be chasing Furo around because she's she's not on the same level technically and i feel like it could be a case of her landing one for every four or five shots that Furo lands but um you know still i think uh, a more even matchup than maybe people are seeing this one as as well
1: yeah i agree i I completely agree with your assessment because i think Fioro is probably the favourite and rightly so considering what she's achieved not just in the professional ranks but amateur ranks as well but I think you'd be a fool to write off Silva as you say with her power I just, I, I think that Fioro might just outpace her as you say, I think she might throw a bit too much volume and maybe put her away late in the third would be my best bet um, I think Silva has actually lost in the UFC I think she's 2-1 and one overall maybe um, I can't remember who she lost to I can't remember if it was a decision or a lot, but either way, I think like, I think, Fioro, I think she drew, not... did she
0: draw with Montana Della Rosa or something ridiculous like that?
1: Oh yeah. Cause De La Rosa got a point deducted for holding onto the cage. Didn't she? Yeah. So that, yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like it's got Fioro decision written all over it. But then having said that the little lady from France, also packs a lot of heat and throws a ton of volume. So, it could would probably lead to error in this one? The next one, Jim Miller. i tell you, I love the guy. The The most, yeah, this is like unprecedented, isn't it? This is the most, this is more than the- I saw. A, I can't, what I can't quite remember what the stat was, but it was something crazy. It was like the most, fight, not only is it the most fights breaking his own record, but it's also like the most minutes of like a certain amount of fighters or something. Um, I can't quite remember the exact stat, but I love watching Jim Miller fight because he just, he's just fun to watch. Eric Gonzalez, I must admit, I don't know a ton about. I, I probably have watched him in the UFC. Maybe I haven't. Maybe this is his debut. No, man. this is his debut. Okay, I haven't watched him. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't really give you an assessment. I just like watching Jim Miller. And I hope he doesn't retire because I love it. It has been subbed a couple of times.
0: So that could uh that could lend itself to a, a classic Jim Miller guillotine. But um no, I think that one's I think for a lot of people gonna be a uh, a bit of a Seems a sense. guessing game as to what exactly Gonzalez is gonna look like against a veteran like Jim Miller, because obviously he's 14 and five, but that's all on the regional scene and he's never really fought anyone with the experience of Miller. So um then speaking of experience, we've got Andre Olofsky in the co-main against Carlos Philippe. Um, and I think this is another one that I could see going to a decision, but still being a class fight. Um, Philippe's pressure is is really impressive, and and was in his last in his last win. But I, f- I can just kind—I of, feel like Orlovsky's just going to kind of run rings around him and just kind of dance around him and, uh, and pick him apart and win
1: a decision here. To be honest, yeah, uh, maybe I, I think I think I, I, I think Philippe's a bit too. Philippe's like in the in the title of acid. Justin Taffer bracket do you know what I mean like, yeah. I think he's fun to watch but I think there's a ceiling and I think Arlovsky will do what he did to Tanabosa and kind of just pick him apart um, having said that we all, we all know Arlovsky doesn't have the best chin in the world but then we haven't really seen Philippe possess like a ton of power so yeah i I probably have to agree I would I would lean with I would lean towards it and and, and go with Arlovsky's decision and then wow. we get
0: to my uh, my only official bet of the card to uh, to the listeners, which is uh, take everything you own and go and run to the window and put it on Aspen Lad because I have no idea why the odds are nearly a pickem in this fight. I don't see. I mean, Norman Drummond's probably a bit better on the feet. Aspen Lad's striking defense can be a bit lax, as we saw against Durandome. But um, to me, I think this is one. One takeover with three or four minutes left in the round, and this this fight's probably going to be over. Um, I can just see Aspen lad absolutely mauling her on the mat.
1: Yeah, I can do. I, I I think to be honest, Featherweight is Lad's weight class. I don't know why she tries to cut. I think she should just stay at feather. I think she when she makes her home at Featherweight, I think she should just stay there. I also think I also think it's the best route to a title shot, to be honest. Um but yes, yeah, it's, it's a weird fight, isn't it? Because I wouldn't really say either fight like either of these are like main event worthy. But maybe it's maybe it's like the place in the rankings. I don't know. It's it's weird.
0: Well, yeah, like you say, I mean, at Featherweight, if if uh, Aspen Lad does decide to say that, she's probably only needs to get like two wins, you know, considering she's already a, a you know, a really um, you know, highly thought of prospect and uh, and is a nine on one and her only losses to a you know, a title challenger and title hall. Duranda may has held a held a belt, hasn't she?
1: Yeah, in controversial so.
0: fashion, if I remember. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I she mean, has, yeah. Aspen Lad it's it's probably you know this win and one more away from getting getting a shot at featherweight if she were to you know win this and then go on and fight someone like Holly Holm or someone. So no, I agree. This is definitely a natural weight class, as we've seen with with the weight cutting issues at uh, at bantamweight. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, the one thing I worry about a little bit putting money on lad which i'm going to be um is uh, is his striking defense which we saw against uh, against may be an issue and uh, and demont has shown to have some decent power but um yeah i really i really think lad's going to get this to the mat and dominate because um demont has shown some some worrying tendencies in a couple of their past fights and um I thought Felicia Spencer would do that to her, but she just never even really tried. So um, I don't think Glad will make that mistake. I don't think she's that stupid. And um, yeah, I can see her absolutely mauling her on the mat.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, I know Dubon has that win over Felicia Spencer, but she also got completely battered by Megan Anderson. So yeah, it's a weird fight. I can't. I actually, of all the fights, I can't believe this is the main event. like why couldn't I don't know why couldn't flipping right versus Marquez be five rounds I'm joking that'd be ridiculous because it's not going to last five rounds um yeah no it's It's not ridiculous
0: I want five rounds of Marquez and (laughs) right and when right gets knocked out just stand him up and send him back out there um no yeah I agree it's a weird main event but um as we said it is it is a card full of sneaky bangers so, um, you know, hopefully we'll get something uh, and spicy. And then I think the following week we have uh, Paolo Costa and Marvin Vittori, if if Costa makes it to the fight. So, um, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a spicier one to talk about next week.
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably one that I'm most looking forward to out of all the fight nights. I just... I, can't, I don't know. Like, at the moment, I think because boxing is kind of... Boxing has actually been good and I haven't had to talk about Jake Paul And, like... <laughs> Evander Holyfield and all these legends coming back. I feel like MMA is taking a bit of a backseat and it needs to do something special, you know, to claw back the limelight. But then to be fair, I'm trying waffle because we've got all these stacked cards coming up. Like 268 is just around, 267 is just around the corner. How crazy is
0: that? And 268 is, is literally the week after it. So, um, mate, you're asking for something special. We've got an Aspen lad, Norman want main event. What more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> this this is this is as good as it gets, mate. And uh, yeah, like I said, take your uh, take your money, run to the window and put it on Aspen lad um, because hopefully I won't be eating my words, but I don't see how this is, is a pick and fight. I make it like 78% Aspen lad wins. So, um, yeah, we'll be back next week either with me, bragging victoriously or looking like an absolute dick probably the the former I'll be honest (laughs) I hope you're right mate well I hope I'm right and and you're right and you're supporting me so (laughs) we'll be back next week